Created live on Fireside. everyone how are you it's no secret hey guys thank you thank you welcome welcome everyone to this room so this is a new show that is going to be on your next stop and it is going to be uh as you can see yns your next stop on fire and i have monica ortega who is doing such amazing things i'm really excited i actually just interviewed her for your next stop and i thought she would be the perfect guest to talk about things that she's on fire about so uh you guys know that you can come up you can join you can ask questions but i want monica to tell us a little bit about the the book the power of um the power of pivoting and and a little bit about what she is doing she also has a show called monica goes show and she's just doing some really really fantastic things out there and um and really has pivoted her life so welcome monica welcome to the show thank you thank you so much this is so fun this is my first time on this app it's great isn't it? It's really fun. Okay. So why don't you just tell us a little bit um, about what you know, you're know you doing, if you can give us a little bit of insight about the show and uh, about your book and um, what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So I host a travel show on YouTube called Monica Goes. I started it back in 2014. I realized I was afraid of everything. And so I wanted to show people like if I can do it, anyone can. So it's basically just me like hanging off cliffs and crying and stuff. Uh, <laughs> and then 2020 hit. <laughs> Thank you. And then 2020 hit. So travel was done. Um, I'm also an actress and a speaker. So all of those things were paused. Um, and so my producer and myself, we started a podcast called Stumbling Forward, and it's about entrepreneurship. And then I actually sat down and wrote a book called The Power of Pivoting, How to Embrace Change and Create a Life You Love, because I saw all these people afraid of change and afraid of everything that was going on in the world. And I thought, I've been through it a lot in my life, and I've learned it can be really, really fun if you see the opportunity in those moments. So that was the goal with the book, and now that's turning into coaching and all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So Monica, really quickly, because I believe, and it, it reminds me because I've been interviewing people, you know, th four times a week um, for your next stop. But did you, didn't you write that book in like a day or something? <laughs> I wish it was a day. No, it was three weeks, which is so But crazy. Well, three weeks. No, three. Yes. I mean, I, when I said a day, you know, I mean, three weeks is like insane. People take years to write a book. So can you take us, and guys, if you have any questions, please jump up and, um, and ask Monica because she is totally open and this is an open forum. And if you guys have questions for her, but Monica, can you take us through a little bit? You had the idea and then you sat down and how did it, how did that kind of look for everyone that is interested in, you know, even ever starting a book? Yeah, it's pretty wild. So, I mean, even a year ago, I, I never really thought about being an author, never thought about writing a book. I kind of thought, you know, maybe someday I'll share my story. Um, you know, I was married when I started the show. It was kind of a volatile marriage. And when it ended, that was like the rug being pulled out. But I realized, oh my gosh, okay, now I can actually create 
a life I want. I can do whatever I want. So what do I want that to look like? And so I started putting all those things into place, kind of double down on the show. So I always had it in the back of my mind that maybe I would tell people that story. But then it really was, you know, like I said, 2020, everybody's scared. Everybody's dealing with loss at the same time. And, you know, I'd already gone through that. And I saw second chances can be incredible blessings if you can shift that mindset. And there can be loss and excitement at the same time. So I thought, well, let me just see what that would look like if I wrote a book, because I didn't, I didn't want to just write a book about me and my stuff. I wanted to write from a place that could help other people. And so, you know, it does go through the divorce, but it's also, you know, pivoting in career and what it looks like if you, you know, move states and you start over. It's really getting on board with change because change is going to happen no matter what. So yeah, I filled out, um, I used index cards to kind of think about the different chapters that I would want to do and how I would want to structure it. And then I included my own personal stuff, but there's exercises at the end of each chapter. And once I had that basic structure, I I just kind of couldn't stop writing. I felt like there was so much to share and I'd put all these tools in place in my own life. And so it was just kind of sharing those to other people to hopefully help them. So, you know, the publishing process took the longest part, but the actual writing, it was pretty quick. And, you know, that was one sort of blessing about being on lockdown, I guess. I didn't have all the other distractions there. Uh, right. Yeah, that helped. Right. No, so, okay. So I have a question because I'm always fascinated by this. Now, did you go on a computer or are you more of like, you need to write it down on paper? How did that look for you? If you can tell us and guys, if anyone has any questions, put a thumbs up and I will pull you up on stage. But Monica, if you can just kind of give me that, cause I always love to know how people's brains work because I am such a pen to paper person, but I'm dyslexic. So my spelling is always terrible. So I have to do more voice to text. So I am yeah. such a voice to text to person. So t take us. Yeah, it's definitely different for everybody. I've heard of authors that literally do the whole thing on a voice to text thing. I've never, I've never figured out the voice thing for some reason. Uh, I am a pen to paper person in terms of like journaling, scheduling. I can't use like scheduling apps. Like I like to write it out on a calendar and I had my index cards, but then the actual typing of the book I do on a laptop. Um, I'm a pretty quick typer, so it was easier for me to get it out that way and then, you know, turn it over to an editor and be like, all right, fix everything now. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't get my mute thing. So right, that totally makes sense. But I love that um, you had a process. Did it take a little while to get to the process or did you know right away, like, this is my strength, this is how I'm going to do it? No, I mean, I had read, so I read, I read a lot of self-help books. I just love them and I always get good information out of them. And so I'd heard of people doing like the index cards to break up the chapters. Um, so once I did that, I mean, it was, it just kind of flowed out. It was kind of crazy. I mean, I just couldn't stop typing for like three weeks. Um, so it did come pretty quickly, which I know is rare for, for most authors. So, you know, I, and I'm not saying that to brag, I'm just saying, if you if you're taking longer, that's normal, uh, right? But, but I also I I love what you said there because like I, and I remember when we did our interview, you had said, you know what? I read a lot of self help books, so you really had an idea of what you wanted to do, and so it was one of those things that because of life experiences, it kind of came easier, I'm sure. And I'm sure once you get it down all on paper, then it was like, okay, let me go back and tweak some stuff or in in the computer. Am I am I correct on that? Yeah. And I very much write how I speak. Like, I mean, I, I call it like the shit storm of life. Like, I mean, I'm not very like author-esque, I guess. Um, so I very much wrote how I would just say this to a friend, um, which also made it pretty easy in terms of just getting it onto paper. 
Um, and then I actually, you know, I didn't go back and edit it for months because I, then I got down the rabbit hole of trying to find a publisher and, you know, Googling how to actually make a book. Cause I, <laughs> I think even when I sat down to write it, I wasn't like fully on board with the fact that I was going to have a book. I was just writing to see if I had anything. And then once I had like, you know, the right word count, I was like, Oh, this is, this is a book. Um, so then I kind of went through the process of trying to find a publisher and months were going by. That's an incredibly difficult process for anybody who knows. Um, and then it was actually on Clubhouse. Everyone kept saying the word pivoting. And I thought, well, shoot, I need to get this book out there before everyone's sick of this. <laughs> so then I went on the self-publishing rabbit hole and found a coach. And it was, I think that happened in about a month too, which was kind of crazy. It was like in February, I decided, okay, I'm going to self-publish. And then it was published April 1st. So that was a crazy rough month. Right. That's so amazing though. And I just love, I, this is what I always say. And this is, you know, what I talk about on my podcast, your next, uh, your next stop is that once you have an idea and you kind of go with it, doors open, right? Things just start happening. And when that happens, it's such an amazing feeling because it's like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Yes. You're going to, you're going to hit some walls here and there, but if you can go through those walls or go around the walls is what I always say. You go around the walls a little bit, you can like things just keep opening up. And I just, I think it's so fascinating, especially how the world has changed, how so many people have seen that they have followed something like, you know what? I've had this like little spark inside of me that I've always wanted to do. And this is what I interview. Anyone that's in the audience doesn't know. I interview people that have followed a passion and has turned it into a, a business, a money-making business. And so time and time again, people will say, I had a spark, but I stuffed it, right? I didn't, I didn't want to do it because it was uncomfortable. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to go to that spark. I didn't want to hear it. But the fact that you were like, you know what? I'm jumping all in because you had some life experiences that you were like, you know what? I've had stuff happen to me. I'm going to just go all in. I love that you did that. And that's like, it, did you see those doors open as you kept going through, you know, as you kept going, moving forward? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been wild. I mean, even just in the last month, I kind of went, okay, the book's out now what? And I, I hired a business coach because I said, I'm all over the place with the travel show and all these different things. And somebody needs to help me make sense of it. And within like a week, now we have a six week mastermind program where I'm helping people set goals. And I'm like, this is, this is crazy. Like I never would have pictured this a year ago. So yeah, there's definitely, you know, I have some speaking gigs coming up. So it's, it's been a wild ride, but that's why I really encourage people to just go all in because I say, you know, you know, if you're going the wrong way with something, but we don't really know if we're going the right way until we start going down that path. And I wasn't, I was never like this. I overanalyzed everything. It took me forever to do anything. And it was really when I started my travel show, uh, I had a friend sit down, I, I'd filmed it on my phone and I didn't know how to edit. I didn't know how to do any of it. Right. And he said, um, okay, I'm going to sit next to you. I'm going to do my own thing and work on my own stuff, but I'm not leaving until you somehow figure out how to make this into a video. And it was like seven hours, you know, figuring out how to edit this thing and put it together. But from that moment on, it was like, okay, now we're on the train and we're going and we have a way to do it. But I think so often we get stuck in that like planning phase or the goal setting phase and we don't actually put it on the calendar and make it happen. And, you know, I've always heard it said done is better than perfect. And it's true. It's kind of fun when you just jump in and you get in the flow of it, but it's taking that first leap. That's always scary. No, it totally is. And, you know, and that's exactly what I talk about all the time, because I know when I am living my best life is when I'm in my creative, um, my creative mode. And it's funny. And, and I know I spoke to you about this on my, on the podcast, but 
I, at some point in my life was told I wasn't creative and it wasn't by my parents because they're, they're very, uh, you know, supportive people, but I was an athlete. School was difficult for me. And so I was, you know, you're, you're an athlete, go, go, go. And I always just assumed, you know, that's what it was. So like anytime it came to drawing, cause that's what I kind of thought creative meant drawing art and that kind of stuff. And I was like, Oh, I'm not really good. I, my stick figures are not even that great. And what it came about is as I kept like evolving as a person. And even when I had kids, I remember being like, let's just go outside and run and jump and dig. And we created, you know, I made stories for them. My kids loved stories and I literally in my brain, and I can't believe I never wrote it down. This is how crazy. This is how I like literally told myself I wasn't creative, but I had this whole series of stories that I would tell my kids anytime we were on the train, anytime we were driving and they were, there was a family, they had friends and neighbors. There was all these people and they all had characters and I made this entire series and my kids would literally just stop anything they would do. And we're very active people and they would listen to my stories. And I remember still never, never thought, never thought, Oh, I'm creative. And then as I grew, I became, um, after my kids were born, I was able to stay home with them. And then I decided as they were a little bit older, I fell into coaching. Um, I was helping people with their fitness and, and nutrition. And then I've now started a podcast and now it's more about helping people find their creative passion. Because the thing that I realize is when people are not tapping into that creative passion, there's something missing in their life and they don't even realize it. But so many of, of us give ourselves that that talk, like we're not this. And I didn't do it in, I didn't think I was doing it in a negative way, but I was limiting my mindset. And I now know that like, that's such, you know, coach words, but like that I was limiting my mindset. I was like, just assuming. And I remember when I had my aha moment, I was walking my dogs. Cause that's when I always get these things. And I was like, what are we talking about? I'm not creative. I created a podcast first of all. And then I like, was like, I created a whole book series and I never wrote down. And I don't really remember anymore. Cause it was like in the throes of motherhood. And now I have a, a course to help people get unstuck and figure out the creative path and to make it into business. I'm doing, you know, your next stop on fire series on fireside. Like, what am I talking about? I've lost my mind. I'm so creative. And it's just about, as you said, just taking that step and that leap and just doing it. And so many people get stuck. I mean, that's one thing I'm really, I don't get stuck. I'm just like, I, I just run with it. And as I run with it, I usually come up with these like, oh, wait, oh, I've been giving myself that limited um, belief. So what do you think on that? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the most tragic thing to the world me is when people are like, I've had this idea for seven years. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, just please do it. Just launch yes. it. But we get so wrapped up in comparing ourselves to people that behind the scenes have been doing it for 10, 15 years. And we go, oh, well, I'm not there yet, so I can't launch it. And you're comparing your starting point to their midpoint. And that's not fair to yourself. You know, you got to learn as you go and, and yeah, there's going to be mistakes, but you'll figure it out. And uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. You just kind of got to jump in the deep end and go for it and get rid of those mind blocks. And if you're somebody like, like I'm very type A, I need things written out. I need schedules and things like that. So I have actually written a letter to myself and been like, you're amazing. And you've done this, this, and this, and I will list out accomplishments. So if I ever do get to a place where I'm like, I can't do that. I'm a failure. Or I haven't done this or I'm not creative or whatever those lies and stories we tell ourselves, I can go back and I have proof that that's actually not true. You know, like if you had a letter written out saying, these are the creative things you've done, you would look at that and go, of course I'm creative. 
(laughs) (laughs) Right. It's so, I love that. And I love that you have that because I remember you talking about that in our interview and it really is important. And, you know, some people, and you and I talked about um, just like different things that we do that kind of build us up and, and we don't even realize like it's not conscious. So like, as I said, like when I was saying to myself, I wasn't creative, like I am a, I'm I'm a confident person. (laughs) Like, so it wasn't that I was being like not confident, but when I think about it, I'm like, you know, I was limited. I had a limiting belief. I was telling myself this thing. And I, every time my kids would be like, Hey mom, can you help me with this art project or whatever? I would say, Oh, nope, that's not my thing. I'm not creative. Go talk, you know, you do it yourself. You're creative, figure it out. But then as I see them get older and sometimes be like, yeah, no, I'm not really good at this either. And I'm like, well, pause, pause your body. Cause that's my thing I say. And then we've talked about it. I'm like, you know, when mom said I wasn't creative, I was like, that was a silly thing for me to say. We all do have our strengths and weaknesses, right? I mean, like where I'm, I don't live in la la land. I know my strengths and weaknesses. Math is not one of them. Spelling is not one of them. So my kids know that, but I told them I didn't think of myself as creative. And it was because at some point, right? There was a teacher that was like, you suck at drawing. You're really fast. Stay on the athletic field. And they weren't doing it probably to be hurtful and not realizing it. But so that is kind of where things lead. So I love that you say you write yourself a letter. Like these are the things that I did that were really badass, and I'm going to go back and do that. So take us through a couple other things you do. And if anyone, again, if anyone wants to add to this, have questions, um, please just put a thumbs up. If you don't know where that is, there's a little react to the right. It's got a, you see like a little emoji with hearts. If you click on there, there's a, um, I think there's also a thought bubble, but the thumbs up, it will be easier for me to see. So if you guys do want to jump up and join this conversation, uh, we would love to have uh, any input, but you can also sit here and listen to Monica because I know that <laughs> she and I could go for hours. <laughs> it's true. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was just reading, I actually just finished Marie Forleo's book, Everything is Figureoutable. Um, and yes. if you don't know her, look her up. She's so amazing. But she made a good point of adding the word yet to something. So instead of just leaving the stories in our head of, I'm not creative or I'm not good at this. You could always say, I'm not good at this yet. And then you decide if you actually want to learn or get good at that because some things we just aren't passionate about. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm right. not good at math and I have no desire to be, you know, whatever it is. Uh, but if it's something you actually want to do, you could always just say, you know, I'm not good at this yet, but I'm going to figure it out. And I think that was me with like editing and, you know, social media and marketing, like all of the business stuff that I didn't think about because I was just a creative. I was, you know, in front of the camera for 20 years, but I had no idea how to film or anything. It's like, okay, I'm not good at editing yet. So I think having that that in place kind of pushes me to go, okay, well, if I'm going to get better at it, then I got to put some steps in place. Yes. And I love that you said that, that yet. And I have not read that book, but I have, um, or listened to that book because I have to listen to all my books or I choose to listen to all my books, but it is a really, I love that because it is, it's, it's, I'm not doing that yet. And as you said, there's things like that. I know I'm not great at cooking. Okay. I have a family. I'm, you know, as I said, I used to be a health and fitness coach. And, um, so we eat healthy. I hate cooking. I suck at cooking, but I'm actually okay with sucking at cooking. My husband's great. <laughs> I am very happy to have him take that. And it's one of those things that I'm sure if I was passionate about it, I would be much better. I love eating and I love eating healthy foods and I love eating really any kind of foods, most, most of it, but I don't, I don't like cooking. And I, even when my kids were little, like, it's funny because I, they'll know, like my husband's been around obviously because of the pandemic. And, um, it's funny cause they're so happy. They're like, okay, when dad does have to go back to the office and I'm like, yep, it's chicken surprise again, kids, <laughs> because that's, 
kind of what I would do. Um, but I choose not to be a good cook. So I think that's like, I love that you said, like I, I and I, and I don't, I, you know, I know how to do a couple good things and that's fine for me. Um, so I think it is important that you find something that you are passionate about because it's going to, it's going to take you a lot further. Don't you agree with that? Oh, totally. Yeah. And then, you know, in terms of business, this is something I haven't done yet, but I, I will put into place is when you get to a place where you can, then you delegate the things that you choose not to learn and get yes. better at. Right? Like there are definitely parts of my business, the tech side, like I'm like, oh gosh, I can't wait to just give that to somebody else. I have no desire to like be super amazing at that. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And like graphics and stuff, actually my, my graphic girl, Julian's in the audience. She's so amazing and so creative in a different way than I'm creative. So I'll tell her a vision, like this is what I'm thinking and she will throw it together. And I'm like, I love how you get me. I love how you get me too. And that's like a luxury that I have that I'm able to do that because that is not, that would stress me out trying to make graphics because that is not part of my creative brain. My creative brain is very different. So I love that you said that. And same with, with my podcast, like very quickly on, I knew that editing was not going to be my thing. If I had to do it, I would figure it out because I love podcasting. But if I can also find someone that can do it for me, uh, I, I might figure it out and, you know, not get Starbucks, uh, call, even though I don't drink Starbucks, but like, you know, maybe I w I'll change some things so I can put that money aside and do things like that. So I think that's really important to people to think you know, out there also when they're doing these things, if they think, well, I'm not good at this. I don't like this. I'm not passionate about it. And I don't have the funds to do it. As your, the author said, there's always things that you can figure, you know, figure out what, what are your thoughts on that one, Monica? Yeah, it's true. I mean, and there's so much free information out there. It's kind of like, look, you can do one of two things. You can save a lot of time and heartache and put the money into it. And then you got to figure out, okay, like you said, do I cut back on Starbucks? How do I get the money? Or I don't have the money for it. Okay, so now I'm going to get on YouTube, learn from blogs, whatever it is, and just understand that maybe I'm working longer hours. So yeah, you could absolutely do it either way, but there are enough options out there. I mean, now with the internet for people to say, I don't know how to do that. It's like, look, there's a hundred videos that I'll tell you the answer. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, I love this. Uh, do you have anything? Do you want to add anything about Monica Go's show? Is there, you know, and I know, guys, if you look at the fortune cookie for everyone that's been, I think I've seen most of you guys in here, but you can find Monica at uh, MonicaJOrtega.com. You can find her, your book. Monica, do you want to tell us other places they can find the book and too? I know they can find it when they go to your website, but just to hear it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the book's available on Amazon as well. And then my other site, so Monica J. Ortega just launched because I just rebranded. So it's all under me because I have way too much going on. Uh, the travel <laughs> show site uh, is monicagoes.com. And it's pretty fun. There's like 100 episodes and blogs and all sorts of stuff on there. Um, and then it's also on YouTube at Monica Goes Show. But yeah, I mean, that's that's been crazy because when I started that, again, I didn't really plan on it being a business. I fell in love with it as I was doing it. And I also realized, you know, I wasn't seeing girls like me on camera doing these things. I saw a size two girls hanging off cliffs, adrenaline junkies, and I'm afraid of everything. So it's been really fun because it's actually pushed me to do more stuff than I, than I would have done otherwise. I realized when I was young, I'll pretty much do anything if there's an audience. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. So take us a little bit more into the, to the show. I know I just interrupted you as you were doing it, but like, give us some of your favorite episodes of Monica show, uh, show. Monica Go show. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's crazy because like I said, I'm, I'm afraid of a lot of stuff, but 
I wanted to show kind of the average traveler like pushing out of their comfort zone a little bit. So I remember there was, it was like the second or third episode and I did Angel's Landing hike in Zion, which if anybody knows it, there's like thousand foot drop offs on either side. I'm terrified of heights. And I sat looking at that for probably an hour because my brother who was with me was like, I'm not doing it. Have fun. And there was a moment (laughs) of like, if I'm going to do this and really show people, I have to do it. And I did it and I'm glad I did. I wish I would have filmed it more because I was on my own and I was crying. Um, (laughs) But, you know, part of that moment of, okay, I'm going to dive in and do this. And then, you know, since then it helps, it helps having my producer who's more adventurous than me. So she kind of pushes me to go a little bit further than I might go, which is a good rule for life in general is to have somebody that maybe pushes their comfort zone a little bit more than you because it's something to aspire to. Yeah. but yeah, I mean, whitewater rafting was probably the craziest episode with like a full-on panic attack. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my favorite adventure was I went skydiving into a vineyard, which was actually pretty epic. Like I'm literally sliding in for the landing and my friend is handing me a glass of wine. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Now, where was that? Was that in California or where? I was actually in uh, Lake Chelan, Washington. It's the only place in the world where you can land in a vineyard. And it's gorgeous. And I tell people, if you ever want like a unique experience, because I told her, I said, I don't want to skydive, but the only way I'll do it is if it's something really unique and really pretty. And then they called and they asked about it. And I was like, well, now I have to, because <laughs> that's pretty and unique. That is, oh my gosh, that is so freaking cool. That's so cool. So do you have any, um, now that the pandemic is, uh, you know, things are starting to go back, I feel like a little bit, do you have any more episodes with that that you have um, scheduled or are you kind of letting that go, you know, where, where it goes, see where it goes? Yeah, I mean, we've started the conversations. It's a lot of people being like, we want to bring you when things, you know, uh, I know we're going back to North Idaho next summer. We filmed for them this year. Um, but actually, in the meantime, my boyfriend and I, we just started one called uh, Denver Diner Duo. And it's been a fun way for us to, like, keep filming, but also, like, highlight local restaurants. And, you know, we're both foodies. So uh, it's a good thing I like to run because we're just <laughs> eating our way around Denver now. Um, but, that like, hiking and local food has sort of been what I've been doing in the meantime while I wait for some of these places to open back up. And you know what I love that you and this is where like, and I was going to use the word pivot again. And then I kind of laughed at myself as I was saying, but I love how you pivoted though. And I mean, you wrote a book on it, so you're very good at it. But the fact that you pivoted your show because of the pandemic, and then you and your boyfriend were like, you know what, let's figure this out. And that's what you, and then you're like, this is, I know, you know what you're good at and you know what, what lights your fire, right? That's, you know, this whole on fire, you know, what kind of lights that fire and you just keep continuing to go with it. As you said, you were scared in the beginning, you know, you're more of a type A person, but you know, when you feel at your best, what you can create. And I just love that message. Um, I just love that message. So do you have anything else for the, cause I know that we're short on time. Cause I know you have your, your next thing that you're going to. So thank you so much for joining us on, you know, YNS on fire. And um, would you like to leave the audience with anything and anyone else guys, if you want to put your thumbs up, happy to grab you up on stage. I'm not going to just pull people up. I think some people do that. Doctor, yeah. do you want, do you want to come up, put your thumb up? <laughs> Go ahead, I say, um, you know, it's funny because one of the hardest things actually for me last year was stopping because I, you know, I produced an episode every week or two weeks for s- almost seven years. And, you know, I'd gotten on this hustle train and I thought, I can't stop. I can't stop. If I stop, everybody's going to leave. 
And then I decided to stop. I, I was burnt out. I took the break. It was really humbling to watch other people in the travel field still blowing up. They're suddenly on CNN, like doing all these interviews. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is really hard to just stop and watch everybody. What I felt like was passing me. But mm -hmm. I knew that mentally I wasn't in it anymore and I needed that break. So yeah, it, it's been hard just like watching the YouTube channel. Not it's, And it's not going anywhere. I'm not losing anybody, but just, you know, there is that part of me. It's like, I should have a video every week. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay. And then, you know, the book moved me and then the coaching and all these other things came up. And I, I just want to give everybody that space to go. It's okay to pivot. It's okay to stop. It's okay to like have that self-awareness of, okay, this isn't lighting me up in the moment. It doesn't mean I'm done with it. It just means I'll come back to it maybe. Um, but yeah, that was really dif difficult for me to like stop with the travel for a while. And now it's coming back and I'm fired up again about it. But um yeah, I think that that's a good important lesson too, because everyone's like, well, you just blew up and quarantined and did all these other things. And I'm like, no, there was a good like three months of, you know, doing nothing in my PJs and probably day drinking too much too. <laughs> I am a normal human and it was humbling to sit there and not do anything. So, you know, you got to have a space for all of it too. You know what? And you know what I love? And this is something that I actually just was talking to a couple people on podcasting about because they were like, they're like, I needed a break, but I was worried. I was worried that people were going to be like, that I was going to lose my viewership. I was going to lose this. And Justin, I'm going to pull you up in two seconds. Um, and what I said to them and what I teach them is if you know yourself, you need to stop because it's, you're portraying, like people can hear it. People can feel like if you're not in it, right? So sometimes it's okay to do that. If it's, if it's not because of fear and, and, and certain underlining things, but if it's because you truly need a break and you're feeling burnt out, it's important to, but the thing that's important to do is when you do that is to continue to grow your audience, meaning talk on your social medias, let them know, Hey guys, I'm taking a, um, a month break. And this is the reason why, but guess what? When I come back, I'm going to be refueled and even better. And, but you keep watering your community. You keep watering your people. You keep showing up and sharing other parts of your life. They're going to always come back. They're always going to come back. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to pull. Um, so you can continue talking. I'm going to pull up a couple people and let's see if I can do this at the same time. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's totally true. And and I, I felt like if I slowed down or stopped at all, that I would lose everything. And that wasn't the case. And in fact, I, I grew my audience. You know, there were more people that were finding me getting on board and I was making dumb Tiger King videos and like just doing random stuff. And they were like, oh, she's funny too. Like, so there's nothing wrong with just like taking a break and being yourself for a while too. <laughs> I totally agree. And Justin, do you have something that you want to add or add? Yeah, thanks for having me on up. And uh, thanks, Monica, for sharing your journey and your story. I think no matter what kind of path anyone, you know, listening is on, they can take away so much from your journey and just the power of slowing down, right? And sometimes like what you were just talking about, like, oh, what if I stop? And how I started thinking about it, because when I was younger, I was like, oh, I'm either hitting the brake or I'm hitting the gas. And then I was like, wait a second, I can also put the car in neutral, right? I don't have to just slam on the brakes. Like I can kind of put it in neutral. And you know, when you're kind of coasting, you have that moment to just kind of look around and things are a little slower and like you've been doing. And so, yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing your, your journey and the power of, of that slowing down and putting things in neutral for a bit. 
Thank you. I love that analogy. Yeah, that's so true. There, it doesn't have to be go or stop. That's great. Thank you. And this is why I think this this um, this audience is. I mean, I, I'm loving this fireside because I think it's so cool that we can have this space to do that, and people can clap and they can show heart emojis, and everyone is a part of it, even if they don't want to jump on stage. So, Justin, I really appreciate you. Um, uh, you know bring in your words of wisdom. Do you have anything else you want to add? Yeah. You know, um, I, I think another word, and I don't know if it's been mentioned is just authenticity here. And I think by slowing down, we have the opportunity to be authentic to ourselves, and to even to know when, what that means. Right. And as you were talking about your story, Monica, and your journey, I could hear you kind of like, uncovering, you know, who you are. And you're like, people are like, oh, well, you're funny or, oh, you're this. And sometimes we know that, but we don't really know it. Or we think we might be one thing or another. And we just kind of let our guard down, not just to the external world, but to ourselves, Because I think most of the time, that's like one of the biggest things we're running from is, you know, letting ourselves down. And I think there's something really awesome about that, just being authentic to yourself and providing that space to be authentic to yourself. Thank you. Yeah, I love that too. And it's funny because I've always been an open book in in my real life, but then I built out this travel show and because I was a host for so many years, I thought, oh, I have to be a host. And I remember the moment where I told my friends and family, I said, I think I want to tell people what was going on behind the scenes, which was, you know, this emotionally abusive marriage and all these things. And everybody told me not to, they said, no, you have an educational travel show. This makes no sense. But I, I knew it. And the second I did, you know, I had women reaching out to me with their own stories. And I thought it's so important for us to show that side to show that life's messy and, and to not have to make perfectly curated photos. So thank you. Um, but that was like a big part of it. And it kind of opened up my world to that. And I thought, why am I pretending, not pretending, but just not showing that side. And, you know, even with the book, my mom was like, you're, you're really putting yourself out there now. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I've always been that way. Maybe just not on a huge scale. And so I always thought if what I've been through in my story can help somebody else, that's maybe in the beginning of theirs, then it's worth it. And I think that that's true for everybody in their own stories. So once you kind of realize that you can own that and be yourself, but once you realize that like you can have the professional side and still be a real human, it only makes your business and your life better. So thank you for recognizing that. And I always encourage people to just be honest about that. And I love, love that. And Justin, I love that you brought that out because I feel like it's, it's such an important thing. And Monica and I talked about it on the interview because it is, you know, I completely understand what you're saying. When I started my business, it's funny because so my podcast, Your Next Stop was first called Next Stop Crazy Town. And I pivoted. And the reason why I pivoted is because interviewing people that have followed a passion, the Next Up Crazy Town didn't kind of fit in it anymore. When I first started Next Up Crazy Town, it was really to take moms and women out of their lives and just listen to some stories because I love storytelling. I love connecting people. I love hearing other people's stories. And it was funny. I had a couple friends being like, you know, Crazy Town, like you don't, you're starting a business. And I was like, yeah, but that's me. And I'm okay with that. I, I cannot hide things because <laughs> I was not good at that. It, like you get what you get 
everyone gets this. I am the same person and it doesn't matter what audience I am. This is who I am. And I am like, you know, I, I have to do that. I can't imagine being any other way. Cause I was just, as, as my mom said, I came out this way. And it was, there was times when, you know, when I was young, when she'd be like, Oh my gosh. Okay. And my mom's a very straight laced, but I was I always been a bit of a, a wild, um, fire. So I, I just love that you said that, um, Justin and Monica, and I love your response. And that's why I asked you to come on here. My first show, uh, on fire, you know, YNS on fire, because I knew you were going to add such value and bring such great conversation because you are so authentic and you are doing so many great things and you have, you know, gone through stuff in your life that's been uh, tough and messy and you have overcome and you continue to keep going because you believe in who you are and you've done work on that. And I just, I applaud you and I just love that. And so thank you for, for sharing all that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, I know it's, Ooh, Ooh, Sorry, I did not. Oh, I did not mean to be the wait butt. So that's. <laughs> oh no, Caroline put a party thing. Oh, thank you, Caroline. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I'm almost locked out. So I was going to click on doctor because I don't know your full name, but I don't. I'm just going to call you doctor. We're just going to go from there. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the stage. It's Doctor Evie. Thank you. I got your invite. This is only my second time on uh, Fireside here. I just wanted to add to the conversation and I wanted to congratulate you on your podcast. Um, I'm, I'm like the stage in my life. I'm a spiritual advisor to many people across the globe for many years. So I've, I've spent 20, 20 some odd years um, not paying attention to myself and helping others. So with this COVID right here, it's been like a year. I'm forced to like, look at myself and I'm like, who am I? right? I'm trying to identify like what stage I am in my life. And I've got three children who are adults now. So I'm a mother, but you know, guess what? They don't need me. Right. So, and then it's like three years ago, I was a newlywed and I became a widow. Okay. So here I am like, gosh, okay. God is like throwing these lessons at me and purpose soul path which is what i do for everybody else anyway so i'm forced to look inward and so now you're talking about stories and how we all have our story so i'm trying to find my identity i think i'm finding it i'm uh, a uh, dog mom to a wonderful german shepherd named Benjo versace who is is my like dog child now because the humans are you know, now, you know, we're getting close to Mother's Day. What are we all, we're all feeling like, oh, I'm a mother. We got, you know, we've got to send our, I've got a mother. I'm a mother, you know. And so anyway, I just wanted to add that to the, the, the forum. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Evie. Monica, did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. I mean, I can't even imagine. But I, I want to impart on people that there's... Whenever, whenever I say like there's opportunity and second chances and, you know, shift your mindset and all this stuff, there is a place for loss and excitement at the same time. And it's okay to be in that middle section where you're dealing with the loss of one thing, whether that's who you were before or a person or whatever it is, and then also building out who you want to be. And I think, you know, for me, what I do is it's so funny. I'm like very woo woo and very type A. 
So I will do like a visualization of picturing out this new part of me and then I'll put it on a vision board and write it out. And then I start kind of chunking it back into goals. But every time I find myself in that place where I'm like scared of what's next or don't know who I am or feeling really lost, for some reason, like doing the visualization part and having a new vision board that has my new life and goals and future on it kind of helps me get a little bit excited moving forward. So, you know, there's the loss from before, but then now you have something visual to look at, to look forward to. So I don't know if that helps, but that that's always helped me get clear and also, you know, look forward to what's next too. Well, it's been a bit of the passing of, of, of my, we were newly years and he was 52 when he had his heart attack, but I've been like in a rabbit hole for a year. I've, I've crawled out of it. Um, uh, I survived it. Uh, uh, I, being I'm a spiritual advisor, uh, I hold a PhD in metaphysical counseling. And so I counsel you when you've lost a loved one. <laughs> Go figure, right? So I, I, I'm out of the rabbit hole and visualization is you are on point. You know what? I, I have, I have visualized. I have manifested that which I desire, which I've done all my life. And I've got some exciting things that God has set forth for me in my path. So I'm actually, after a year, looking forward to, can I call it living again? Um, identifying myself again. Uh, I am uh, no longer, because uh, uh, I'm no longer Mrs. Phillips, you know, I'm not. I, I, I'm Dr. Evie, and I, I had to choose to drop that because uh, it, it's, it was for my own personal. Uh, so I, I, I'm Dr. Evie on my own person, and but there are wonderful things that um, I, I've got things to look forward to. My son is, I'm a Space Force mom. My son, Tori, just uh, was uh, accepted to Vandenberg uh and he's like in the Space Force now and I've, I've got kids that I'm proud of but you know what it's time for me to I've got to fly again and I'm getting ready so thanks yeah yeah Dr. Evie thank you so much for joining us and sharing that and we wish you all the luck and um, you're you're on the right path and you obviously as you said you're you teach people how to do that, but sometimes that's the hardest thing is when you're teaching other people to then actually practice it yourself. But thank you for coming up and sharing. And I know Monica has to run. So I just wanted to thank Justin and Dr. Evie for coming up and joining the conversation with Monica Ortega. Guys, go check out her book, The Power of Pivoting. Go to Monica's website, monicajortega.com. Monica show uh, her show on um, YouTube. You will find all of that stuff there and it's monica goes show and monica again thank you so much for joining uh yns on fire and sharing just what you're doing and you are on fire so thank you for being the first guest thank you this is my first time on this app this is so wonderful i love this group of people so thank you very much yes thank you for everyone joining and if you did not get a chance to come up every week i'm going to be uh on here with YNS on fire. It's going to be a new program under your next stop podcast, and it's going to be broadcasted live from fireside. I'm really excited to be doing it. I'm going to be having some old guests that I have already had on my show. Monica's episode is not aired yet, but she will be coming out in the next few months, but I'm going to be bringing people back up 
and having them share their show. I also have a really exciting, uh, the NFL thread, which is the spouses of the NFL. I'm going to be having a segment once a month with the founder of that organization. It's like a LinkedIn for the NFL spouse. And it's going to be, we're going to be bringing on a, a woman to talk about what she's doing in her community. And so that is a really exciting thing that's going to be happening once a month here on Fireside. So don't miss it. Definitely give us all a follow. And um, I'm going to bring the weight bot up to give us some uh, leaving uh, you know, music. And um, again, we will see you guys next week. Again, Monica, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Okay, here goes Mr. Weightbot. Oh, it's very slow music. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for joining YNS On Fire. Thank you, everyone, for here. And we will see you next week.